shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. June 2nd, 2022. This is episode 61 of the Human Hope Podcast. Live from Terminal A of the Atlanta airport, your host, Godless, got one question for you. Y'all ready for this? Let's dance. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. Coming back at you. That's right. Dr. Delight, do you believe? Welcome to another episode of the Human Hope Podcast. My name is... Carlos Enrique with the Get Guzman or Los for short. And I'm actually really excited about today's episode because I'm going to be sharing things that I've never shared before. Ooh, what does that mean? Is it juice? Is it the juicy stuff? Well, maybe. Maybe. You're going to have to stick around to find out. Um, but I'm going to do something I haven't done before. And I'll explain exactly what that is in a second. But you may be asking yourself, Carlos, why are you coming to us from the Atlanta airport? Well, here's the deal. Um, I did not plan correctly. And luckily for me, I I travel with all my mics and my preamps and all the things to make the podcast. Uh, But no, I didn't plan correctly. And if I would not be recording this right now um, in the minute suites in the Atlanta airport, I would have to be recording this at 1 a.m. tonight when I get home. And that's not going to happen. So um, I rented a little, this thing, I'm, I'm in a minute suite right now, which is in Terminal A of the Atlanta airport. You can rent these things by the hour. And it's, yeah, it's got like a little bed. It's got a TV. It's got a desk. It has all the things you need. Now, here's the deal. When the music fades out, you may hear Dora the Explorer playing in the minute suite next to me because whoever's next to me um, is listening to Dora the Explorer or watching. They probably have a kid and the kid cries every once in a while. All that to say, who knows what this is going to sound like, but I think the content is going to be beneficial for you because I have... um, I think, you know, as I'm reaching into the 
afternoon of this Vida Loca. Um, I think I think I've gone through some experiences that I'm going to share with you today on the podcast that I think is going to help a lot of you, um, maybe in some seasons that you're either in right now or are coming up. And I'll get to exactly what we're going to talk about in a second. But let, let me let me just catch you up and explain why it's just me and why I think it's important that we um, have some of these conversations today. Um, I am just getting back from my friend Larry. Uh, his his funeral. Now, a lot of you, um, you know, that are in the Insta familia, not just the Human Hope familia, know that my guitar player Larry um, contracted COVID last year. So I think it was last June, maybe July, June or July, and he's been in the hospital for I think over ten months, and unfortunately. Um, he, he passed away, uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, but what many of you know is that we raised over a hundred thousand dollars for his wife and his kids and, and Larry, um, we thought, you know, it, it looked like he was turning a corner. Uh, he had gone, um, out of the hospital and even into rehab. Uh, he'd FaceTimed me in December. Things were going really well. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't December. Uh, anyway. Um, and then, you know, he got, I think he got pneumonia again, went back in the hospital and COVID just wreaked havoc on his body. And, um, uh, a week and a half ago, he passed away. And so I just got back from his, his, uh, not a memorial service. It was a celebration of life. Um, if you guys want to watch it, cause I know a lot of you guys were very invested in his healing and his family and his wife and his kids. Uh, I'm going to have a link to, uh, his memorial service in the show notes. So you guys can click on that. It was two hours and 20 minutes of amazingness. Like it, it was, um, I, I'm still processing everything that happened, but, uh, the reason why I'm sharing all this is because, um, I, I had, kind of let the world know that I'm unretiring and I'm going to be leading worship. I'm going to be singing on stage at a church at Larry's funeral. Now, Larry was in my band uh, when I used to be a worship leader full-time, when I used to be a, a recording artist with Integrity Music. Again, this is another new thing for many of you that didn't know. Um, so I used, I had, I've had two records come out. You know, I've done all the things. Larry was in my band. He was my guitar player. Um, so his wife and his mom asked if I would come and lead worship. Now I was like, I have not done that in six, five or six years. Um, I haven't led worship in five or six years. So I I'm going to unretire. I made a big deal that I'm unretiring. And, um, what, what I kept getting over and over was wait, you, you used to do that, which is so weird because if, if you've known me for the majority of my adult life, that is what I did. You know, only recently have I become author or speaker, Carlos, and now, you know, even, even more recently kind of thought leader, um, you know, I hate the word influencer, but whatever it is, what it is, um, on social media and, I, I thought today, cause I'm getting a lot of questions on like, could you give us the story on what, what, what prompted you to change careers? Cause I did like late in the game, like into my forties was when I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something completely different. Um, and it took a big risk. And so some of you guys, you, you may have never even thought 
to yourself or ask yourself the question, which I actually would have if I've been you, but like, why am I listening to this guy? Like, what is it about this guy? Besides like, I like him. Like, I know if you guys like me, you know, I feel maybe like a good human to you. Um, but, but you may be wondering like, like, what is it about? Like, what did, has he gone to school? Is he a therapist? Like what the heck? Um, so I, I, what I thought I'd do today is unpack a little bit of this Vida Loca and explain to you, you know, what, kind of my story. I've never done that on the podcast. I don't even think I've done it on Instagram. And so I'm going to rewind a little bit and just kind of fill you guys in on my story, if that's okay. And hopefully I, I, I think that, um, through parts of my story, there'll be, there'll be, um, parts of it that I think for everyone that's listening, no matter who you are. Oh, listen, can you hear that? You know, you may not even turn it up. That's Dora the Explorer. I mean, they've, they've actually turned it up, I think, because I've, I started talking loud. They're probably like, yo, it's like a, it's like kind of like a cheap motel, the walls here. Um, okay, scroll. Okay, so I do believe that, you know, I've been through enough trauma and tragedy in my life, but also a lot of great things in my life that maybe some of you guys can glean um, some life hacks or maybe how to handle certain situations. I'm definitely going to lean into why it is I decided to change careers in my early 40s and, you know, or I guess mid 40s and it's it's worked. It's been successful. Um explain a little bit about that and maybe how I got to where I'm at, you know, with this podcast. So, um what do you think? Is that cool? I mean, listen, I, I know some of you guys may be like, this is boring. Interview somebody that's smarter than you, Carlos. I'm kind of over this. Um, that's fine. There's a lot of great, but there are 60 other podcasts that you guys can go back and listen to with a lot of incredible guests. Um, but um, I, today, you're just going to hear a little bit of my story. And I think uh, I think it's going to help. Let, let's, let's rewind. Okay, rewind sound. There's the rewind sound. We are rewinding back to I mean, let's just let's go ahead and 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 start at the beginning of, of like the music part of who I am. You know, I I grew up uh, playing guitar. Uh, I wanted to be Richie Valens on La Bamba, like like that was like the goal, and that didn't happen. Um, but when I moved to Southern California um, to attend California Baptist University, um, I was I guess in my I was like 21 or 22. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer because I'd been expelled from Barry College in Rome, Georgia. Uh, maybe I can get into that story <laughs> another time. Yes, I was the Barry College Viking in Rome, Georgia, um, which also led to my, since I was a mascot there, my career as Eeyore at Disneyland. Um, that could be a whole other podcast <laughs> as well. But we're going to skip all that to get to the fact that I was... Um, attending California Baptist University. And when I started attending there, you know, I, I mean, this was like back in the day, I was like playing jars of clay songs on my acoustic guitar. Like that was like how cool I was. I was thinking I was like, you know, playing like, um, I am the only one to blame for this, whatever that song was. And like, I was, I was all about it, always playing acoustic guitar, you know, um, you know, and all the little fire bonfire circles at Huntington beach with all my college friends. And, uh, my roommate, I just moved there, said that they, um, his friend of, a friend of his was planting a church. Actually, I don't think he said planting a church. I think he said starting a church. The whole term planting a church came later, I think. So I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, there's like 20 of us. So we meet at an apartment and uh, it's called Sandals Church. And I was like, whoa, that is cool. Like, like I've only ever been to like First Baptist Ballula, like Sandals Church. 
I mean, that sounds like a place I want to go. So sure enough, I, um, uh, I started attending and, um, I, I, I think I was like, this was back in the day when, um, the only like websites that were out. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking to, we're talking 1990, uh, I don't know, 1998, maybe 1999. Um, and like, so I was, I was like suddenly because it was a small church. I said, Hey, I'll build the website. Cause I was like really big into building websites. I was a information systems management major in college. Um, this was my second version of college after I got expelled from the first one. And so I knew how to build a geo cities website. Do you guys even, is anyone in here in their late thirties, early forties that knows what a geo cities website was? So that caught the eye of the senior pastor, Matt Brown. And I remember, you know, he, he kind of took a liking to me and kind of took me under his wing and I was doing, a, I was volunteering, doing a lot of like the tech stuff, right? This wasn't, there's no social media back then. I was like building a website on GeoCities, which I think was owned by Yahoo. And then um, the worship leader found out that I played guitar and was like, hey, dude, you should play guitar for us. So um, I started playing acoustic guitar and I don't even know how this happened, but within six months, I went from like volunteering, building the GeoCities website to like, I am the full-time worship leader at this church. Now, back in these days, worship leading was like two acoustic guitars and a djembe or bongos or congos, right? And it was like, it was super hippie. Um, but, and so I was into that, man. Like I was, I was doing it. And so began my journey. It's like, I spent the next decade of my life. Okay, now we're actually fast forwarding a little bit, but the next decade of my life um, as the worship pastor at Sandals Church in Riverside, California. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, now I know what there's a lot of people thinking right now, like, wait a second, Carlos, like you're, you straight up. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. This is a Southern Baptist church. Okay. Southern Baptist church. So, so I, yes, Carlos, the, um, you know, left leaning, um, uh, friend of yours that, that talks on this podcast was a worship leader at a Southern Baptist church in Southern California. And I loved it. I was there for 10 years. Um, had some of the most formative years of, of my adult life. And, um, you know, I, I just loved it. It, 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 I loved every second of it. I loved standing on stage. I felt like I was gifted at it. I felt like, you know, if there's one thing I was created to do was stand on a stage and lead people through these songs and move them from point A to point B in their spiritual walk. And it was good. And it happened. And there's a lot of stories of anxiety in there. I've got podcasts on that that tell you that story of my panic attacks and how I had to quit leading worship completely uh, because of my panic attacks and all those things. That's in an, those are in other episodes. I'll link to those in the show notes as well. But what I want to get to is that I, um, you know, while I was, and this is the important part, while, while I was, maybe I was probably year seven as the worship pastor, um, that was when 
blogs started to happen. Now, again, you've got to be a certain age to understand what a blog is, but I started a blog and a blog was basically, it's like the old school version of social media, right? It was a place, it was a website where I would write my thoughts, put up a picture, put up a video, people would comment on it. People would, I don't think you could share it, but whatever. And so I started this blog called Ragamuffin Soul. It was ragamuffinsoul.com. And um, I know I've got some OG ragamuffinsoul.com readers that are listening to the podcast, but I would, I started to write and I wrote on that thing every single day. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, the very beginning was like my mom and my Thea Nancy that would read my blog. That was it. Like, ain't nobody else listening to my blog. Ain't nobody else um, wanting to read my thoughts. And um, I, I just remember my mom, <laughs> my mom telling me, "Carlitos, like, gosh, you're really good at writing. Like, you're you're really, really good at writing." And I remember thinking, like, I'm actually good at writing. Like, I feel like I'm good at this. Now, you know, I was I was leading worship and doing my thing on Sunday. You know, leading the band, doing all the things, um, but the writing of my blog became like uh, this thing. It became like a, um, I, like I, I honestly loved doing that more than I loved leading worship. Now I loved leading worship, but I, you know, I just, I couldn't wait every single day to go home and I would write. So I wrote seven days a week, 365 days a year for seven years on Ragamuffin Soul. And actually, I mean, you guys aren't, you're not gonna believe this, this actually happened. In 2010, my blog was on the cover. Oh, what was the name of that magazine? Was it Echo Magazine? There was a, it was like some worship tech magazine. And I was like voted blog of the year and like got like an award. <laughs> it's so, so weird. So, okay, now fast forward a little. No, so we're going to rewind again. And so here I was just like, you know, doing my worship leading thing, but also realizing and feeling like I had this gift of communication. I had a gift of, um, of writing. But also my gift of communication was growing in between the songs that I was singing. And I realized that I actually loved, and I was better at that part of the worship leading than I was at the singing part. Like I was better at like the 15 seconds of, of communicating in the middle of the song before the bridge, way better at that than I was singing. Okay. Like the singing was not the gift set. Okay. Um, whatever. I'm not putting a lot of, you know, heart into this at this point. I just am like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Also at that point, I actually now get this. Okay. This is in like 1999, Wait, 2000? No, no, I'm sorry. So I, I'm at, no, no. So more, this is more like 2006 now. I actually started a podcast. 2000 and freaking six. Hello, early adopter. Okay. Now, the, the, iTunes actually had podcast charts. And I got, man, I wish I could find like one of the original podcast episodes. But I called it the Ragamuffin Soulcast. Okay. This is all part of the story. I promise this is all um, part of the journey. So 2006, I start the Ragamuffin Soulcast. And what am I doing on there? I'm, it's like worship leading tips. And then I start like reviewing um, records, okay? And I actually started to like do like, like um, the battle of the worship records. And I'll never forget, I like one of the most popular podcast episodes, which means it was downloaded like 17 times, was I pitted like the very first Hillsong United record that blew up with like salvations here on it against the, like the most recent passion record. And it was like Hillsong United versus passion. And I just remember this podcast being so fun and a lot of worship leaders started listening to it. 
And I'm like, man, this is amazing. Now at the time there was only like 10 Christian podcasts on the planet. So I was like, weekly, it was like Joel Olstein or me, number one. And I remember thinking like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> this is amazing. And so, you know, whatever the podcast went 25 episodes and then I quit, like I quit everything else. And, um, I just started to really get into the rest of just all of this other content that I was creating, right? Like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like all in, like, I'm like, man, I'm really good at this and people are paying attention. And I started writing a little bit more provocatively. I started like, you know, talking about some things maybe that the church wasn't talking about when I was struggling with anxiety and depression, right? In like the early 2000s, uh, 2005, 2006, you know, I was the, I felt like I was the only Christian on planet earth saying, Hey, I take 20 milligrams of Paxil a day. Like literally people were looking at me like I was like walking with the devil when I admitted that, right? And so I just remember thinking like what I'm saying on social, not it wasn't social media, on blogs and on my podcast, no, no other Christians are saying. And so, right, it just, it felt good. It felt like I was giving people a voice. It felt like I was giving people words to maybe some things that they were dealing with that they didn't know um, that they needed words for. And so- all that to say the blog starts getting bigger, the blog starts getting bigger. And, um, I actually, because of my blog and because of the relationships I made on my blog, I got offered a job to move from Sandals church in Riverside, California to North point community church in Atlanta, Georgia. And I became the service programming director at Buckhead church. Um, which is one of Andy Stanley's campuses. There was only three at the time. And so I was over Sundays. So everything that happened on Sunday from worship to music, to videos, to production, to the lobby, I kind of oversee all that stuff. Now I'll go ahead and tell you right now, that was when I realized I'm a horrible employee. <laughs> okay. Um, I <laughs> like, like, I think I have a lot of good ideas. I'm a dreamer. I'm a good friend. I'm a lot of, a lot of things, but I'm definitely, I definitely wasn't a great boss. Uh, and you know, I was a little bit of the wild child at North point and you know, that, that job lasted a couple years. <laughs> um, I feel like I did some good things. You know, I got to lead worship now, um, at North point and some more people were kind of seeing me lead worship, but the whole time this blog is continuing to grow. And now while I'm at North point, now my blog is getting like 50,000 readers a day. And there began to be a little bit of rub um, within the central staff structure of North point. Okay. This isn't like gossip. Okay. Everybody knows this that worked with me, but like, you know, it was like, Hey Carlos, like, are you, are you more into your blog or your job? And I remember thinking like, I don't know, I think my blog, but I don't want to tell anybody that cause I need my job. Right. And so like, I mean, I think it was pretty evident to everybody that I was really into blogging and writing and making videos of myself at this point. I had like, if you guys rewind back to 2009, there were those like flip cams and they had like a little USB stick that would stick out and pop out. And like, you would um, be able to like stick it into your USB slot and your videos are really super low resolution videos. I mean, at the time it was high resolution, but I was making videos. I had a YouTube um, channel. I, um, gosh, I, I think it, at that point I actually was, yeah, that's right. No, I was on an episode of LA Inc. Like I, I remember going to audition for LA Inc. Yes, this, you can find this on YouTube as well. I got my full sleeve of Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. And I'm just feeling really confident in front of the camera. And I remember thinking like, this is 
I want to do this more. I don't know how, but I want to do this more. So all that to say, while I'm at North Point, my blog gets so big. And now I'm, you know, I'm leading worship at the time with some, you know, I mean, at the time it was um, Steve Fee, Todd. um, Oh, Todd, I'm so sorry. Your last name slipping me in the moment, but Todd at North Point, Eddie Kirkland, Candy Pearson Shelton, um, a lot of like my heroes of, you know, worship leading. And because my blog got so big and the podcast, I got discovered by Integrity Music. Now, this was kind of the transition out of North Point. When the the blog was doing good, um, I, Instagram had just started, I think, at this point. And um, I got, I got... I got signed. I got signed to record label. I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try doing the music thing full time. So now, you know, I, I was, I went from like leading worship at these two large churches to like, I'm just going to now travel full time. So there kind of was the moment in where I left kind of full-time church work and went into music full time. Um, And it was, you know, it, it was like fast and hard, this transition. Like it went from like, I was working at North Point till now I'm like driving to Franklin, Tennessee from Atlanta. My kids are really little. I'm making this record with Jason Ingram. Um, and we're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. So we, I make a record and, and again, remember like I, I'm, I'm good at, this sounds really horrible, but I was really, no, it doesn't sound horrible. It's okay. You can say you're good at something. I was really good at standing on the stage and moving people from point A to point B and wherever they needed to go of their journey that Sunday morning as I'm leading worship, right? Super confident in that. Um, but the, like the making of the record was miserable. Like I honestly was super miserable. Like I did not enjoy making the records, like the studio time, the writing, like all that stuff. No, I just wanted to be on stage. I just wanted to be in front of human beings throw in some hope their way. And I was spent, I felt like I spent like 90% of my time in a studio and it was miserable. Um, put a record out toured. I'm talking about, I toured hard. I was gone all the time. I toured with the newsboys disciple cutlass, Jeremy camp. Um, John Mark McMillan was kind of cutting his teeth in the touring scene with me at that point, but I'm going Shane and Shane. Like I am, it is me, my guitar and my tracks. And I'm going to kind of all these, all these little, little towns, um, with these tours and playing my heart out and trying my hardest. Um, and it wasn't working. Now, before I tell you why it wasn't working, let's talk about one of our partners that does work athletic greens. Hey, y'all know, I love me some athletic greens. I started taking athletic greens because my gut health was a hot mess. I was nauseous, all the things, and I couldn't figure it out. So I started taking Athletic Greens and it began to help massively. Now, again, what is this stuff? Athletic Greens is 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods that all go into some water. You mix it up, you have it in the morning. It's really, really cool. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It helps you sleep better and it helps you recover from your days. There's all sorts of people taking it. It's a multivitamin, a lot of things. Now, listen, uh, the founder 
He started Athletic Greens when he was experiencing a bunch of gut health problems as well and ended up having something that was costing him over $100 a day to fix. Well, he started Athletic Greens and it fixed it on its own. You guys, there's over 7,000 five-star reviews. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to visit athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That is athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Again, this not only helps the show, but it's going to help you. Please head over to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Our next partner is Chime. And not only do I love Chime, but some of my family members that need their paycheck early like Chime too. Nobody likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you got bills due. Good thing there is Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, right? You're paying bills and generally you just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app. Checking account debit card and optional savings account. So listen, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to chime.com slash human hope. That's right. Chime.com slash human hope. It's free and it takes less than two minutes. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Now back to the show. Okay, I mean that 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 was like perfect transition, Carlitos. I talk about making sure that the ads end at the right time. Round of applause for me. Okay. It wasn't working, right? That's what I said. It wasn't working. What wasn't working? Well, let me explain. Okay. When when you sign a record deal, the um label expects you to sell records. Now, Here's the deal. There was a difference. And I think this is really important. Okay. This is going to kind of maybe be in one of our first kind of like teaching moments here in the story. I was, I was called and confident as a worship leader, somebody that could stand on stage and move people in their journey. I I felt like that was something I was powerful at, but why wasn't I selling records? I wasn't right. I was on tour with the newsboys with my friend, Luke. We were talking, we were laughing at Larry's funeral about this. He's like, dude, do you remember the time we were on tour with the Newsboys and we we were like settling out. So like at the end of the night, when you sell all your merch, your t-shirts and your, there's a settlement because you have to pay a little bit of that to the venue. And so the Newsboys went first, like the little guy, everyone's in a circle and Luke was doing my merch and Newsboys went first and they're like, okay, how much did you sell? And they're like, oh, $50,000. And so they had to pay a percentage of that. Um, and then they went to the next band. What'd you sell? Oh, $20,000. Oh, what, what'd you sell? Oh, $7,000. And then it went to Luke and they said, so what did you guys sell? We're the opening band, remember? And Luke was like, oh, um, we, uh, $25. And everyone laughed. And I remember when Luke came back and they're like, just keep your money. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, that was like, let's see, at the point I was selling CDs for like five bucks. So it was like five CDs. And we were playing in front of like, I don't know, 5,000 people. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is nobody buying my music? And this just, it became a thing for me. And I realized nobody was actually, nobody was being impacted in the way I wanted them to by the songs I had recorded on a record. But they were being impacted by me standing and singing these songs on a stage. So if it was like a conference or a church service, 
I get like the, the churches would be like, dude, we want you every week. Can we hire you? All those things. But it wasn't translating to being a recording artist. And I think honestly, there's a reason why, because that's not what I was called to do. <laughs> and I didn't know. And I was forcing myself into something that because a bigger opportunity came, I thought, well, I'm supposed to do this. Because an opportunity came, I thought, well, of course I'm supposed to do this, right? Like this is like you're this is you're supposed to go from being a like a worship leader to mega church to a recording artist. Now, this is before churches are putting out their own records. Okay. So I just remember being like having this like just this rub. And so I ended up having lunch with a friend of mine, Mike Foster. Um, he may not even remember this conversation, but we were in Southern California. I was leading worship at something. I don't know, it was a I just remember like, you know, the blog was still exploding. Um, social media was starting to, to pick up, but nobody was buying my music. And I'll just never forget. Mike was like, hey man, so um, have you ever thought about the fact that maybe you're a better thought leader than you are a worship leader? And I was like, uh, what? Should I be offended right now? He said, no, think about it. Like more people are reading what you have to say on your blog on a daily basis than are buying your records. And I was like, yeah, but my blog's free. He's like, yeah, but no, the, the, like there's stuff happening there. And it's true. And I just started thinking about it. And I was like, huh. so I told my wife and I just remember Heather like so nonchalantly saying, oh yeah, you're a way better writer uh, than you are a singer. <laughs> and just like Heather would. And suddenly... I started having like this uh, panic, like, oh my gosh, it, wh what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Now, I had actually had, because my blog had gotten so successful, uh, there was a like a, a publishing agent named, I think his name was Chad. And oh, I was leading worship somewhere and he came up to me and he was like, hey, can we talk? He's like, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, maybe like, I don't know, you know, but no, I'd never thought about writing a book. I wrote blogs. I wrote like two paragraphs a day. Like I didn't know anything about writing books, but I just, I went back to Chad, to that email I gotten from Chad and I just started, you know, thinking about it. And, and, uh, well, one thing led to another and, I, and, and it was more and more confirmation that this thing that I had been felt so called to. I realized that the reason why I was a good worship leader was because I was a good communicator between the songs. The reason why I was, I was good is also, I mean, this is something that Andy Stanley told me as well. He said, Carlos, when you walk up on stage, everybody feels like they're your best friend. And I want to tell you, that's not something that you can learn. And so like I, all these pieces started coming together that I'm like, I'm in the wrong freaking job. Now, can I tell, let me tell you something. It wasn't like, Hey, like, all my friends told me, I'm just going to like make a pivot. No, like all of our income, 100% was based on me leading worship, right? I had, I, this is when Larry was go, was going out with me, Luke. I had my band, we're, we're touring and all their income was based on it as well. And, you know, it, this was going to affect a lot of people if I made this decision. And so I fought it and I fought it and I fought it and I fought it and I fought it until finally, Again, I think it was Mike again. Oh, maybe it was somebody else, but I think it was Mike. You know, you know when you have those friends that always give you good advice, you just assume that all the good advice in your life has come from them. Um, everybody just follow Mike Foster because he is just filled with, he's literally one of my favorite humans. 
um, at Mike Foster on Instagram. I think you'll find him. Um, he, I just remember him saying, you know, um, you, you can't kind of do this halfway. You can't be like, Hey, I'm gonna lead worship some weeks. And then I'm gonna speak some weeks. You got to make a decision. You got to tell your people, um, you got to tell your people what, what you're doing. And you got to let them know that this is, you're making a decision, drawing a line in the sand. And so I did, <laughs> I started saying no to every single worship leading event that came in and yes to every speaking event. And I'm telling, I was telling my friends, I was like, I was emailing all the pastor friends. Cause again, I was leading worship in some really large churches. I was leading worship at elevation. I was leading worship and at North point at Saddleback. And I remember emailing my pastor friends going like, Hey, God has called me to be a speaker now. Um, and not a worship leader. So if you want me to come speak, um, here's my email. I'd love to come speak. Well, I, I like, it was crickets, right? Like everyone's like, well, no, you're a good worship leader, man, but I ain't gonna let you preach a sermon. So guess what? I had to start at the bottom, started at the bottom. Now we're here. I'm talking about, I was like, I will speak at your 13 year old son's bar mitzvah. Okay. Like I will speak where are you got a second, second grade Sunday school class. Let me come in reps reps. And I started speaking everywhere. I could, I started speaking to whoever would listen. I started speaking on my phone. That was something else Mike told me to do. He's like, Hey, listen, why don't you just start making like five minute teaching videos and posting them? You're so good. So I started doing that. More people started seeing, and this was a slow roll. Okay. I had to, I had to start, I had to take like a, you know, I was on contract with compassion. I was, I was going out and suddenly like I was going out on tour, not as a musician, but helping kids get sponsored through compassion, which was just, it's an incredible organization, but like that was like, they would pay me to do that. And so suddenly I remember, I'll be honest and vulnerable with you. I remember I was going out on tour with some of my musician friends and they're like, oh, like you're, you work for compassion now. Like, like that, this is what you do. You, you try to get kids sponsored. Like, wah, wah. honestly, I mean, that, that's, they'd never say that, but that's what they would look, were looking at me as like, I was feeling the judgment of man, I'm, I've taken a step backwards. I used to be like, I used to be the guy that compassion would want to, you know, a sponsor. And I, I wanted to have a tour where compassion would be the sponsor, but no, now I'm, I'm just the guy that would come up at intermission for five minutes and nobody really wanted to talk to me because they knew that I would be asking them to do something that made them uncomfortable. So yeah, there were some uncomfortable years in there. Now here's a beautiful thing. I, you know, it, it don't matter what people think. Compassion was so good to me in this season. I ended up getting thousands of kids sponsored. And I still, even this summer, after you hear this, I still will get kids sponsored. I am the biggest believer in compassion. And I'm so grateful that they actually, cause here's the thing. I wanted to be a speaker and they gave me an opportunity to speak for five to 15 minutes a night at intermission while bands were changing, even though a lot of people weren't necessarily into what I was saying, right? It was a, it's a tough crowd. It's a tough thing to do, but it made me better. And it was very impactful. And I, I saw thousands of kids sponsored, you know, I, I think I heard from Spence that, you know, I can't, I'm going to have to find out the exact number of kids that were sponsored at the events that I would speak at, but it's mind blowing to me that all these kids have sponsors now. But I, I'm just letting you know that sometimes transitioning your dream doesn't look exactly like you want it to look. Sometimes it's going to, it's going to take you doing something, something else. And also know that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you're not going to be better at something else. 
Mm, that'll preach, right? Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're not gonna be better at something else. So just understand that and know that like there are gonna be opportunities for you that you may think I'm already so good at this, but I promise you there's, there's even greater stuff ahead of you. So here I go, right? Like I'm, I'm speaking out for compassion and I sign a book deal and I start writing my first book. Now, my first book was called Moment Maker, How to Create, Receive, and Rescue Moments. And man, I, I mean, I wore that book out. I spoke on that thing to every pastor. Finally, when I had a book, I felt like I started getting a little bit more confidence and I started getting asked to speak at more events. And honestly, I was really bad. I, I look back at my moment maker talks. And I like want to send apology notes to all those churches that, you know, risked a little bit to let me come. But, you know, as we grow, obviously uh, we get better at things. But I look back at that version of communicator and speaker that I was, and I wasn't really good. Um, I have gotten better. I can still get a lot better. But Moment Maker was the book that I started to speak on and I started to make that, that really big transition from being a worship leader to a speaker. Now, here's the thing, okay? There's been, an even, there's been even another transition in my career, right? So like this was like, this went from like worship guy to like Christian speaker guy. And although I'm still, I still speak in, you know, I spoke at, at a, I, I spoke at a, it was called the Christian music broadcaster convention over the last um, today in Orlando. So, right. Like I still speak in front of, but I'm speaking more and more at corporate settings. I'm speaking more and more now um, in settings where there's non-faith based and I love it. But this, this, this was another risk for me. Like it was, it's literally been another risk for me to say, you know what? I'm not going to, um, I'm not, I'm not going to take, as many church gigs anymore because I feel like I'm being more impactful in uh, the non-faith space and I'm doing it and it's been risky, but I'm making that career transition again. Now, again, all of that transition happened over um, 2020 to 2022, right? As a lot of my you know, I had a lot of evangelical followers that unfollowed me when I started speaking on issues of justice. Um, but then I had a lot of evangelical followers follow me, you know, in that season. Cause they were like, no, we, we believe in this. And, um, but because of that, I was kind of uninvited in a lot of, you know, Christian spaces, but I was invited into a lot of non-Christian spaces to speak on justice, on issues of race, on reconciliation, on how to be a better human. And now I am in the sweetest spot I've ever been in. I'm, I'm telling you the absolute sweetest spot I've ever been in. What, what does that mean? Well, it, it means that like I am doing things now that I never would be doing had I not taken the risk to stop doing something I was good at, right? Like the Insta Familia is a thing. It is a thing that like national media knows, like they're paying attention to the Insta Familia because we uh, we get together so fast and we raise so much money so fast and you know people's lives have been changed by it. And it's not my money. I'm just leading this army called the Insta Familia. So like social media has become a big thing for me, right? I am, I, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm, do, I'm, I'm taking risks and I'm taking risks in my late forties, friends. Like I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, you know, I think all the time to like all these celebrities that, um, that didn't, you know, make 
like take a risk or I think it was like, like Julia Childs didn't get her cooking shows till she was like 60. Um, there are all these authors that didn't have their first book till their fifties. And I'm sitting here going, man, why not? I'm just going to keep changing. I'm just going to keep changing. I'm going to keep uh, growing and risking. And there's not going to be a lot of change in your life unless you're willing to risk. I'm just telling you, you got to have risk. So I know that there's a lot of you that are, you know, thinking to yourself, man, like I, re- I really would like to, to make a career transition. I'd really like to do something different. I'm here to tell you, yeah, I think you can. And if there's ever been a season, if at least you're, if you're in America, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but right now, man, right now is the time to do it right now. You can do this. There's so many tools that you have at your disposal to, to make a switch. And I'm, I will be your biggest cheerleader, but I I just want you to, you to know that it wasn't simple. It took a lot of listening to wiser people than me. Um, and, and it took some risk, but now like I'm addicted to that risk right now. I'm like, all right, let, you know, there's a whole, you guys, you guys just get the highlight reel on social media. There's all kinds of things that I try to throw against the wall and it does not stick. It falls, it fails. There's been a lot of failures. Um, and there's going to be a lot more failures. Um, but the reason why I know there's going to be a lot more failures is because I'm willing to risk. I'm going to continue to risk. And so what is it? What is it for you that, that maybe is in front of you? Maybe has been like, um, you've been thinking like, man, like this is something that I'd love to do. I just don't know if I'm ever going to be ready. Guess what? You're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready, but you can actually, you can actually see success in something that you didn't think you were built to do. There was a season. Oh, oh, this is something else I need to let you guys know. There was a season in, in maybe it was like six years ago. Again, it was right when I started speaking and writing books where I had to supplement my income by freaking doing fitness videos. Okay. <laughs> like I did. And it was great. I called it fit by first thousands of people went through it, but like, I didn't want to be a fitness guy, but it supplemented my income. And so I was making fitness videos on the internet to make money because I wasn't getting booked to speak enough. Whenever you would see me do a fit by first, that meant, Oh, Los ain't making enough money this month. So I do a fit by first. Right. So like you're It's, it's risky. Um, and you're going to have to hustle, but I'm just telling it like now's the time. I, I just, I want all the dreamers out there to know that now's the time to chase your dream. It's not time to chase your dream in another year. Like start chasing it now and start seeing results now. So th- that's kind of my transition. That That's my transition story of like how I went from like music guy to this dude, the dude that talks to his phone, walking through airports, trying to inspire people to be better versions of themselves and find freedom in some way, shape or form. It's, it's what I'm addicted to doing. And hopefully you guys through, through just my story, will maybe gather a couple things that just give you the courage. That's all I want. I just want you to have the courage. I want you to have the courage to maybe take a risk and give it a shot. You know, now, if you're doing what you love, this is what I'd love for you to do. I'd love to say, okay, I'm doing what I love already. What's something I can risk inside of what I do? All of us need to be risk takers. Um, and it not only has changed the lives of, you know, many people that the Insta family has touched, but it's changed my family's life. Um, my kids have seen 
you know, a dad that has overcome a lot. You know, I've overcome a lot of addiction problems. They've, they've watched me rise from that. I've overcome a lot of fear and taken some risks. They've watched me do that as well. Um, and I think they're going to be risk takers and they are risk takers because of that. The world deserves to see you risk. The world deserves to see you attempt and fall and get back up and fall and get back up and fall and get back up and hey, you're walking. You guys can do this. And uh, yeah, hopefully this was good. Hopefully this is good for you guys. Just a little piece of my story. I mean, even still, I mean, that was like 40 minutes of my story. And I feel like I there's just so much more uh, in the details in there. Maybe we'll do a Q&A on Instagram or something where if you guys want a little bit more of those details, but just thank you. Uh, this is a little bit vulnerable for me to, to share some of the stuff. I'm like, I don't know if these people want to hear this, but I think enough people were asking that I'm like, this is, um, this is good. This is a good thing. So that is it. My friends episode 61 was just my story. And hopefully it's going to help some of your stories as well. Uh, what I would love for you guys to do is to share this episode with as many people as you feel like it will be beneficial for them. Make sure that you're subscribing, make sure that you follow. Uh, and I also have a special bonus episode that is coming. That's right. A bonus episode of the human podcast. Um, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and we'll see you next week on another episode of human. Thank you.